Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Welcome back to this fabulous hump day where we give out our red hot picks of the past couple of weeks. Well, at least mine are red hot right now. I'm bathing in nothing but arrogance over here uh, of after having three great weeks, maybe be coming to an end. Who knows? Maybe just stay hot for the rest of the year. But it's feeling really good. Three and two in the NFL pick five last week, four and one in my wager vision bets, and the three-team parlay I gave out one. So that's winning five times your money. Uh, if you're listening, if you're betting it, I would actually love to hear about it. That'd be cool. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Live with Boomer and let me know. And as always, I'm joined with Cameron. Cameron, what's happening, bud? Boomer, as you're swimming in cash, as you're going on this heater over here, just two and two for myself on my picks last week. But feeling good about my picks this week. Can't wait to break them down with you all. And you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Cameron Covers. Can't wait to get into the show. Yeah, so Cam, uh, if you just start listening to the show, or uh, Cam went two and two last week, but he still has a pending bet, which is the Eagles winning the NFC East, and he has a some celebrity boxing match that may not be until 2019, for all we know. Uh, that Kevin Hart minus 500. <laughs> I will I will provide uh, weekly updates as they roll in. But like you said, it might not happen until the spring. But you can lock it in now. It is an absolute blowout winner. Kevin Hart, minus 500 versus a professional poker player, Antonio Esfandiari. We don't have to get into it again, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's one of the tickets I've got in my pocket ready to cash. For sure. And um, as always, we're going to give it our wager vision picks. Um, I just want to – college basketball just started up. Only problem with betting college basketball, they don't give you the lines really days in advance unless you like look at an advanced metric site that gives out what they think is going to be a line, which a lot of times it's not the line once it comes out. So it's hard to bet those. But if any game we really like and we can find one, we'll probably throw it in there. Um, but we'll sh- we'll shoot from the hip and uh, let's go with your five hundred pick, five hundred dollar pick right off the bat, which is pretty much like a guaranteed pick. Sure. Uh, well, let me let me do this really quick before we get into the picks. I just wanted to make a quick note on week nine of the NFL action last week. Uh, it was an absolute bloodbath. I don't know how closely all of our listeners follow the sports betting industry. I find it fascinating. I love to follow uh, these guys on Twitter. Basically, all of the favorites and the overs cashed tickets last week, which is bad for sports folks. They got destroyed. Uh, Dave Mason, you can follow him on Twitter. He's the president of Bet Online, one of the big offshore books. He tweeted out, it was the bloodiest Sunday ever. I don't feel bad for him. They keep opening up new casinos and sports books. Just thought it was kind of interesting how they got crushed last week. Moving on to my $500 best bet in the NFL. I'm actually going to do a teaser, a two-team teaser, six points Ooh. each. First leg of that teaser is the Sunday night football game, Eagles 
minus seven at the Cowboys. I'm going to tease the Eagles down to minus one. Love this game. Talk about the Cowboys first. They're coming off a Monday night football loss to the Tennessee Titans, hosting the Titans last week. Cowboys lost 28 to 14. And Jason Garrett's incompetence was on full display. Ezekiel Elliott ran wild in the first half. He had 96 yards. And then for no reason at all, they, they just went away from him. I don't know why. The play calling was ridiculous, in my opinion, in the second half. And Cowboys offense has looked bad all year. I mean, they're averaging just 5.3 yards per play. That's 26 in the NFL. I really think it's time to blow up the team this offseason. They're not going to make the playoffs. They should not re-sign Dak Prescott. I think he's an average quarterback. Jason, Car- Jason Garrett has always been a below-average coach. So uh, definitely wanting to fade the Cowboys in this spot. Meanwhile, the Eagles are off a bye, so they've got extra rest and time to prep. And I think Carson Wentz is ready to roll. He's getting better every single week. Eagles minus one is the first leg. Second leg going to the uh, another afternoon game, Seattle plus 10 at the L.A. Rams. This line really shocked me. I know the Rams, everybody's in love with. They've got that sexy offense that puts up points. I'm going to take Seattle here. I'm going to move them up to plus 17, a couple reasons why. First, let's look at the Rams. They've had a pretty tough schedule so far. They had those three straight road games against Seattle, which was a close one. They traveled to Denver to play in Mile High. They played at Candlestick to play the Niners. And then they had two huge high-energy games against the Packers in New Orleans. I think the Rams are due for a flat spot. I don't think they can keep their foot on the gas all year um, like this. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Seattle, we had, their, we had our doubts about them coming into the year when we did our season preview with the Legion of Boom breaking up. But after the first half of football, they find themselves in playoff contention. They're 4-4, four and four, and all of their losses were by eight points or less. So the Seahawks are a team that they don't lose contact. They don't get blown out. And I think with a quarterback as dynamic as Russell Wilson, I'm getting 17 points. That is a huge backdoor. It's going to be wide open. I think the, the Seahawks can definitely cover the spread there. Seahawks plus 17 is the second leg of my teaser. And I'm also taking them plus 10 as my $400 bet. Love the Seahawks in this spot. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't really argue with you because one of my uh, picks from my pick five is the Eagles coming out to buy versus the Cowboys, who I agree you cannot re-sign Dak. I, I I haven't been on the Dak train ever. I said they should have gave Romo his job back when he came back. I thought there was nuts. I thought he made that team probably ten times better than what Dak even had him going then. He's just such a better quarterback. Uh, he came in for one drive against Philly in, when the game still mattered and scored, like, instantly, like it was nothing. And I feel like he would have done that all year because that team was stacked. The line was healthy. Zeke was awesome. Their defense was okay. Uh, but it could, you know, would keep him in games. And I think I've I just never been on the Dak train. He showed last year he wasn't very good. And this year he's shown he's really bad. Uh, if, I mean, if the Cowboys decide to sign him and extend him, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, Jerry Jones is turning into the Al Davis. He's ruining that franchise just like Al Davis did to my Raiders. Um, and we still haven't fully recovered from that yet. And I think it's going to be tough for the Cowboys to fully recover. He, he's more worried about the brand at this point in time, just making money off of being the Cowboys, than he cares about winning. And I feel like he's going to keep riding and dying, riding that until he does die. Uh, I don't think he's as that, that worried about uh, winning. I think he's just worried about his brand, and that's it. 
so I can't disagree with you there. Um, Seattle, if you tease them up, I like it. The 10, I don't know. I don't know what Rams team is going to come out. They haven't had a loss yet, so who knows how they're going to bounce back. Uh, their defense hasn't been very good, um, So as in the Rams. So I, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. If, you could, if Chris Carson and Davis and uh, whoever else is going to be running the ball for them because they have like seven running backs, if they can get through that Rams front line and make some big runs, they got, definitely have a chance in the game. Uh, but for me, my $500 pick is the pass minus six and a half for the Titans. Titans coming off a, a high, I get pass one, two. Uh, but the Pats, they're always even keel. And th- that that game against the Packers, it didn't even look like they even cared to try. They're probably going to get Sony Michelle back, probably get Gronk back. Josh Gordon's starting to look pretty good uh, in that offense. Tom Brady, you can tell, is looking for him now. Uh, Edelman is coming back seamlessly after suspension and ACL injury. Uh, I think the Pats are going to really start rolling now. Tennessee is just not a good team. I think the Pats dismantle them just like they did in the playoffs last year. So I like the Pats minus six and a half for my $500 pick. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with there with you there. I, I typically don't like to lay a whole bunch of points on the road, but the Patriots are one of those teams that every single week they seem to outperform their stats and they just find ways to cover. I mean, even against the Bills, that, that game was very close at the end of the game. And I thought Buffalo should have covered 100% of the time. But the Patriots find ways to, you know, score more points. And they're great in the red zone. And they don't get penalized a lot. I think they're, last, I think they're first in the league in uh, penalties, meaning they commit the least amount. They're so disciplined with Belichick yeah. um, at the helm. So can't disagree with you there. You know, I'm looking at the total. It's 46 and a half. It hasn't really uh, moved much since it opened. Do you have any opinions on on the on the total there? I, I'd have to lean under because I think Tennessee's defense is underrated. Uh, what about you? Uh, do you have any leans on, on the total there? Uh, yeah, I haven't been doing over unders in the NFL. I don't know why. I think they're just the whole season has been kind of wacky. I've been out of touch. But if anything, I would take the under because I don't know if Tennessee scores much at all against the Patriots. Uh, Mark Mariota is not very good, even though the Dallas defense is really good. They gave him turnovers in the red zone, and that's the only spot in the field that Mariota is really good. Still has never thrown an interception in the red zone, and this is what his fourth, fifth year, fourth year. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive no matter what. Uh, but the the rest of the field uh, is, seems to be a struggle for him. So, I just don't think they get in that red zone very much, and I just don't think they're scoring a lot of points. So, uh, it would have to be Patriots scoring most of the points. Agreed. Well, I already gave my $400 pick out, so uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, go for yours? So I know Cameron's not going to have much to say about this because he's not a big college football guy like me, uh, but college football I've been hot on all year. It's kind of carried me a lot, except for I lost, I lost one bet last week. The only bet I lost last week was college football. Um, I bet two big favorites. I bet Ohio State minus 17 and a half, and I bet Bama. Bama blew them out. It wasn't even a shot, and I knew it wouldn't be. Uh, but this week, I got Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. Um, what is a battle of Bedlam or something like that? And mm-hmm. neither one has a de- neither one has a defense. Both have good offenses. Oklahoma State has struggled this year. They'll have games where they're just on fire, and then they'll go and play some crappy team and lay an egg. They went out and beat Texas after they lost two horrible games that they should have never lost. Uh, and then they come after the Texas uh, after the Texas victory and come out and lose to somebody they shouldn't lose to again. 
but they're playing Oklahoma. This game is always a ton of points. Oklahoma's defense is awful, but their offense is unbelievable. And just like everybody almost in the Big 12, the defense is over there a joke. The whole league's a joke. They don't deserve to ever be in the playoffs. Uh, besides the point, uh, over 76-and-a-half, I think it flies over. This game will be in the 80s. I'm taking for my $400 bet to over 76-and-a-half. All right. I like it. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Never going to get disagreement for me when you're betting on college football because I don't have a whole lot to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured that. I know that 76 and a half for an NFL guy, that probably seems like a million, though. Well, I don't know. I mean, if we see Rams and Saints in the NFC Championship game, that total is going to be creeping up pretty high. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, I will move on to my – I will move on to my $300 pick. Another afternoon game for us here. Detroit plus six and a half at Chicago. Boomer, I, I just think I'm really stubborn here with Chicago. I don't think Chicago is very good at all. I think their offense sucks. I don't think you can be a good football team in 2018 with a bad offense. If you look at their numbers, averaging just 5.6 yards per play, that's 17th in the NFL not going to get it done. Then you look at the quarterback play they're getting from Mitch Trubisky. He's last in football in adjusted completion percentage. Basically, that's just a fancy way of saying completion percentage adjusting for drops, spikes, throwaways, things like that. That's amazing when you consider the fact that their offense is basically all dink and dunk. They throw a lot of screen passes. Uh, Matt Nagy is calling plays in a way that you know limits the risk that Trubisky can take. So that he's really holding Mitch Trubisky's hand there, and he still doesn't complete a whole lot of passes. It's amazing when you compare him to a guy like Drew Brees, who's upwards of 77%, which is just nuts. And, you know, he's obviously closing in on an MVP caliber season. Anyways, I think Trubisky's garbage. I know they crushed the Bills last week, which is a game that hurt my pocketbook because I had the Bills plus 10 in that one. But that was almost entirely because of their defense, which is quite good. Um, but... Chicago Bears offense, I don't have a whole lot of faith in them. And then how about the history between these two teams being in the same division there? Detroit has dominated the series. They've won the last not, uh, nine of the last ten games between these two, and we're getting six and a half points with Detroit. I know they've had a shaky season. Seems like they're kind of alternating wins and losses. But I think with Matt Stafford, he's a guy who can really sling the football. And you give me a quarterback like him who – actually takes chances on offense compared to Trubisky, and you give me almost a full touchdown, I'm going to take it every single time. I would probably wait on this because money has come in on Chicago pushing that lineup. I think you might be able to get a full touchdown here, plus seven, come kickoff, but I like Detroit plus six and a half. Yeah, so for me, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. So what – my my friend that listens to the show a lot is a big Bears fan. He's a Trubisky su- supporter. Uh, so I went into the advanced analytics and looked at some things. He has the, like, one of the lowest uh, top, uh, oh. ball in air stats, meaning how far the ball yeah. travels in air to his receiver. Uh, he has the number one in the least amount of drops. He has the number one of least amount of danger plays, meaning, like, the plays that he they're making are – easy that there isn't any danger in the throw or uh, the play in its design in itself. Um, there's just a bunch of things that he just 
and, and people they like him because Matt Nagy is obviously uh, taking a, a playbook out of Andy Reid's playbook and brought it up there and really running it and it's working out for them. Um, but I, I still don't think Mitch. I agree. I don't think Mitch Trubisky is very good. Uh, I think they're really dumbing down the offense even more for it to work for them, but it is working uh, mainly because there's no film on Matt Nagy's offense, really, because he's a new coach. I think by next year people catch on to Trubisky even more with what he can and can't do in this offense. Uh, his his receivers are making Tariq Cohen's a great playmaker. Uh, Jordan Howard's a great playmaker. He, his, Anthony Miller is getting the most uh, separation on on receptions. I just read the stat on Twitter. Uh, he's actually tied in the league with like Julio Jones and people like that, which is amazing. He's a rookie uh, out of Memphis, so that's really cool. Um, but I can't I can't say too much because they keep winning. Um, so for me, the six and a half because I just don't trust the Lions at all. I would actually this for me is just a stay away game. So last week, I actually faded Detroit. I took Minnesota, and one of the reasons why is because of that Golden, Golden Tate trade. I thought it, it showed the team that uh, they were giving up on the season. I've read a few things in the meantime that, that is basically saying that, you know, Patricia and Tate, they had their issues, and the organization thought that getting rid of them would be, you know, addition by uh, subtraction kind of thing. So, you know, I'm not sure. I can't get inside that locker room. Um, but – you know, at the end of the day, these these teams, they have professional caliber players behind any given starter. So it's one of the reasons why, you know, most professional betters don't adjust the team's power ratings more than one or two points when, it, when a guy leaves. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you, do you think that the Lions deciding to, to, to trade uh, Golden Tate is, is ultimately going to signal the end of their season? Or are they going to be able to rally here and, and crank off a few more wins and try and compete in the NFC North? Well, I mean, I don't think Golden Tate was that big of a factor to consider it throwing, throwing out the year. I think trading like Matt Stafford or something would be like saying you're conceding. Oh, uh, definitely. You know, definitely. Yeah, so I don't think Golden Tate was worthy. I think he was, but he's past his prime now. Like, he hasn't done anything spectacular to be that worried about. And if he's causing trouble with the head coach, I would get rid of him too. He isn't a superstar. I mean, nobody gave up anything great for the guy. So, I mean, there's nothing to, you know, take home about that. I just don't think that the Lions – I mean, last year, I just don't think they had that great of a roster. Uh, Patricia, I think he's having some woes in his first year and he's going to really try and build the team this coming offseason in the way he wants. And I think if people have problems with it, you're going to see him get rid of more people. Um, so you never know. We'll see what happens with that. My $300 pick, another one you won't have anything to say, is Texas versus Texas Tech. Uh I kind of wanted to take the over, but I went just straight with Texas, minus one and a half versus Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech is a hot and cold kind of team. They can be down 21 and all of a sudden catch right back up when you think they're completely out of it, or they can just get completely blown out and never come back. So it's really hard to bet on them because you never know what they're going to do. They have this kind of – so they have the starting QB, and he kind of gets injured every now and then. Then the backup comes in, and he's pretty good. Uh, So it's really weird. They have this weird dynamic going on. but Texas has to win here, and otherwise, you know, they don't want to lose Texas Tech. It's an embarrassment if they do. Uh, that's like their – that's not even their little brother. That's like their little over there. So, Texas minus one and a half. They can't lose this game, especially when people started to think they were getting on a roll. But they've lost 
couple games that shouldn't have now. And if they lose this, that'd be another one. And they go back to being the Texas team that's not back, even though everybody gives them credit saying they're back all the time. But so for me, I feel like they win this one. Texas minus one and a half. This is a line that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You know, both these teams being in Texas, you know, the travel is not going to be a big issue. But Texas has been hyped all year. They're, they're the ranked opponent in this matchup. I know they lost to West Virginia last week, but West Virginia, you know, most people consider to be an elite team in college football. So laying just one on the road, is there some kind of matchup issue that I'm not seeing here uh, with, with Texas? Or, or I don't know. I just, I'm not understanding this number why it's not a little bit higher. Um, so a lot of it is is Texas uh, teams like what Texas Tech is where they score quick. Texas has a – they have a pretty good defense, but if they get behind, they don't have the greatest offense to really come back. Um, so I think that line just kind of fearing if, if Texas Tech would get hot. And if Texas doesn't play the best from behind, they kind of need to lead. And um, I think they're just kind of – the way Texas played the last three out of four games, I think they're like, eh, we don't know what Texas team is going to show up, so they can't make it a big line. You said it's confusing people, so people don't know what to take in this line. That's interesting. So this might be a game that we look to bet in game, meaning if Texas Tech scores first or they go yep. up, you know, ten to three, fourteen to three, something like that, go ahead and pound them because we expect their offense to be able to, you know, keep up and and, and you know blow out that lead a little more. What do you think about that play? Betting Texas Tech on the in game. Yeah. yeah, I uh I don't disagree with that. I like doing some live betting from time to time. It uh it's fun. <laughs> And uh, it doesn't always stand out for me, but I actually like doing it a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the books usually charge about 15 cents a VIG, so you you got to be you, – you got to really like a game and, and just make sure you're not betting just emotionally because, you, you know, you want some rooting interest yep. in the game. Like, um, All right, sounds good to me. I'm going to go ahead and uh, let's keep rolling here. We've got about 10 minutes left. My $200 play – Going to Thursday night football, Panthers at the Steelers. Steelers are three and a half at home. And the money has come in on Carolina, actually opened up at five and a half or six, and it's been bet down a little bit, people taking uh, the Panthers. I'm more interested in the total here. Total is 52, and I'm looking for this game to stay under that total. Um, Take a look at Pittsburgh here. They're on a roll all all of a sudden. They've won four games in a row. And they've been doing it off the back of their defense. They held Atlanta to just 17 points, Cincinnati to 21, the Cleveland Browns to 18, and the Ravens, their arch rival, Ravens to just 16 points. So I think Pittsburgh's defense is really rounding into shape here with um, uh, you know, some of the playmakers they have, Cam Hayward and J.J. Watt, really applying pressure with that front seven. And – you know, the other thing is they had that Le'Veon Bell drama earlier in the season, but I really think they put that behind them. I don't see that affecting the, the game at all. James Conner has filled in fantastically for Le'Veon Bell, who, by the way, when he misses the game on Thursday, will have lost $8.6 million by kickoff because he's deciding not to play. And reassuring the Steelers brass that they made the perfect decision going with the cheaper James Conner. So just don't really understand what his game plan is here. I don't see him really gaining leverage at all in his trade negotiations, but that's neither here nor there. And then we take a look at Carolina. They're a team flying under the radar too. Um, 
they're they're looking to prove their legitimacy here versus a, a good Pittsburgh team. They've won three games in a row versus pretty good teams, the Eagles, Ravens, <clears throat> and Tampa Bay. One key factor here is their center. Carolina's center, Ryan Clear, Khalil, may not play. I think that's going to be disruptive for the offense. Uh, but like I said, these are two of the better front sevens in football. Pass rushing, stuffing the run, disrupting offense, and ultimately leading a lower-scoring football. I, I like taking unders on Thursday night in general because I think teams on a short week, they're still banged up. They don't have a lot of time to prepare. That disrupts the offense as well. So I'm looking for this game to, to be a little bit lower scoring. I like the under 52 here, Panthers versus Steelers. Yeah, for me, I, I, I don't know. Almost every game this year on Thursday Night Football has gone over, uh, I think except for two. Last week's Raiders getting their asses blown out. And then I think the game like the fourth week of the year, I can't remember exactly one, which one it is. But mostly over the Falcons-Eagles um, game one. Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe that's what it was then. Other than that, all of them right. hit. Uh, it's, it's been crazy. But NFL overrunners this year have been nuts. It's been going over, and it never is like that. I, I used I used to love playing unders in the NFL. I, I just can't even touch it this year because the thing is insane. I don't know what's going on. I think it's going to take a year for Vegas to adjust to these new rules and the way points are being scored, just like in the NBA. You can take overs right now, and they're just hitting like crazy uh, because everybody's scoring a million freaking points happening in football too i think they're getting too carried away in the sports world with all the scoring i think that's going to run old uh i think they need to have established some defense again but sooner or later year or two two years from now it'll they'll counterbalance it back out realizing that people are sick of just seeing up and down running up and down uh but i agree with Le'Veon bell he completely hurt himself he was stupid for doing what he did uh i don't care if he cares what i think or not or anybody else, but he hurt himself. He's not going to get $17 million a year. Uh, if he does, it's not going to be for the, the years he wants. Uh, he proved himself less valuable by doing this, um, and he's never going to make back that $8 million. Everything he did was dumb. His agent is stupid for letting him do it, and even thinking it was a good idea. Completely shit the bed, Le'Veon Bell. Go home, clean your sheets, start over, my man. Uh, but for me, my $200 <laughs> bet... <laughs> My $200 bet is a three-team parlay. Last week, I hit a $100 three-team parlay. Yep. So, this week, uh, I have TCU versus West Virginia over 56. West Virginia's defense is terrible. West West Virginia's defense is terrible. TCU isn't very good. So, West Virginia is going to put up a million like they always do. And TCU is going to score some because West Virginia's defense is just so bad. So, 56 for an old runner, and that is crazy to me. I have a season win total on West Virginia at 7.5. If they win this game, I get it. Uh, so, collect it early before the season is even over because they're at 7 right now. And then my next team is Ohio State versus Michigan State. Ohio State has been terrible at covering all year. They have been – they've looked crappy the past, I don't know how many weeks now, uh, ever since Nick Bosa went out. It's like their whole team lost their identity, especially on defense. Their defense has been awful. I don't know what's going on with that. And they were supposed to be so great this year. But for some reason, I have a feeling I'm going to go with them again, and I don't know why. It might get burned two weeks in a row, but I'm taking Ohio State minus three at Michigan State. And then for some reason, Northwestern is playing Iowa. Northwestern right now is leading the Big Ten West. Iowa has just lost a couple games, uh, heartbreak losses, that they shouldn't have lost, but ended up losing it. And for some reason, they're a 10-and-a-half-point favorite first Northwestern. 
I have no idea why. It blows my mind. So I have to take Northwestern plus seven and a half. I don't know why this line is so high. It, they weren't Northwestern wasn't even as big a dog against Notre Dame, who they had a chance to win and blew that game. Uh, so that rounds out my parlay, three-team parlay. Northwestern seven and a half, Ohio State minus three, and over TCU West Virginia 56. Nice. So a three-team parlay on spreads and totals. What does that pay, five to one, six to one? Yep, five to one. Five to one? Very nice. All right, a couple minutes left. I'll go ahead and round it out with my $100 pick here. Going to Monday Night Football, 49ers minus three, hosting the New York Giants. Total is 44. This is an ugly game. I I don't think a whole lot of people are going to be tuning into this one, but I really like the home team here, 49ers minus three. Look, from from a pure numbers standpoint, these are both average teams. They both move the football fairly well, but they have... Big problems scoring touchdowns. The 49ers have been plagued by turnovers. Of course, with C.J. Beathard tossing the football to the other team at will. And the Giants, with Eli Manning, they've been an absolute mess in the red zone. Just abysmal football to watch any game the Giants have been in. But look, the 49ers, they're off a big win against Oakland. They won 34-3. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Nick Mullins, the undrafted rookie quarterback from Southern Miss. He was 16 of 22 for 262 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He commanded the offense. He found eight different receivers. Play calling by Kyle Shanahan was superb, as it always is. I'm making this very simple. The 49ers are the home team. I trust Kyle Shanahan over Pat Shermer and Eli Manning. I think Eli Manning is, is a complete stiff at this point. It's, I talked about it last week. I've talked about it a couple times this year. The Giants should be ashamed at themselves for not drafting a quarterback early in the draft. They've, they've set themselves back three to four years by not doing that because Eli Manning, there's nothing left in the tank. Give me the 49ers minus three to win and cover the spread on Monday night football. So Nick Mullins is starting again this game. And so for me, if I had, if, if I had to do anything and let's say Monday, I need to make a big bet. I'm going against <laughs> the Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders obviously quit in that game. They did not care. They did not want to come. They did not want to show up. I don't think I, that Mullins guy is living on a level that is way too high, and he's about to get a huge reality check. He's about to shit the bed as well, and I think he's going to get – and I think the Giants – the only question is, is the Giants going to quit like the Raiders because they both want the number one pick. Will that happen? Will they – Will they let Mullins roll through them too? I think they saw how embarrassing it was for the Raiders. I don't think the Giants want that to happen. I think they have to step up their game a little bit. Um, Maybe they lose, maybe they don't, but I don't think they let Mullins do to them what uh, he did to the Raiders. I think the Giants smack him back into reality, Um, and I hope they do, personally. (laughs) It sounds like you've got a vendetta against this guy for being your Raiders. I don't know if it's a coincidence or not. You know what? You want to know what's hilarious? I was watching the game at the bar with my friend who's a Niners fan, and he's like, I don't know what it is about that guy, but I'm a Niners fan. I want to punch him in the face. He just got that look. I don't know what it is. He's just not a likable dude. So that wasn't even me saying it. So um, anyways, so if anything, if I had to bet this, I'd go to the opposite side, even though I don't trust Eli or anybody, but there's no way that Mullins does it again. Um, So my $100 bet. I'm going to the NBA. It's not tonight. It's tomorrow. I found the line for a tomorrow game. And like trying to switch everything up, get some NBA, some college football, some NFL in here. And for me, I'm going uh, 
Portland, minus five and a half. God dang it. I forgot who they're even playing now. Uh, oh, it's the Clippers. That's who it is. Portland, minus five and a half versus the Clippers. I'm get, Portland has a good team, uh, especially if the guards, you know, play good together, McCollum, Lillard. Uh, so, for me, I don't think the Clippers have anybody. So, I'm going with Portland, minus five and a half. But it's also something I don't know that much about because I don't watch the NBA, really. And that's why it's only my $100 bet. Just right off the bat, you know, I haven't researched this game at all, but I just I always look to take Portland at home, especially early in the year. They have a sneaky good home field advantage up there. And so, you know, I think if you can catch a team on a road trip, I'm not sure, you know, where the where the Clippers have been playing. I don't know if they're at home or on, or on a road trip right now. But Blazers, fantastic home field advantage. So I'd have to lean that way with you. Awesome. So – Last week, I forgot to give out my pick five on the show. I had to tweet it out. So, going to real quick throw out my pick five. You can question and comment on it. we still got about 12 minutes left before the show completely cuts us off. Uh, I have the Redskins versus the Bucks plus three. I got the Pats minus six and a half versus Tennessee. I got the Eagles minus seven versus the Cowboys. I got the Falcons minus four versus the Browns. And I got the Finns plus ten and a half versus the Packers. I like it. I like it. Uh, I might as well and give mine out as well. Yeah, there you Eagles go. minus seven versus the Cowboys. Well, I went three, two, three and two last week, so I, it felt pretty good to get have a winning week again. Eagles minus seven versus the Cowboys. Seahawks plus ten uh, versus the Rams. Detroit plus six and a half at Chicago. I like the um, Panthers plus three and a half at the Steelers, and. Um, 49ers minus three versus the Giants, and I need one more game. Ah, what the hell? I'm going with the Cleveland Browns plus five hosting the Atlanta Falcons. You're nuts. Uh, so something funny about that. <laughs> I wish we had more time to talk about that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so last week I was going to give out my picks, right? So I wrote down my five picks. Totally forgot to do it. Then I hear that. T.J. Beathard isn't playing, so I switched my pick and tweet out that I'm going to put the Raiders, and then I switched out uh, the Pats and the Rams. And if I wouldn't have switched out my bets, I would have went a, another 5 no week. But I forgot to give it out, and then I switched it because on uh, the Bet the Board podcast, the picks weren't out till, the, till Thursday. You couldn't bet till Thursday on their lines because for some reason they haven't been out on Wednesdays. So I didn't get, even get them in, and then I changed my mind, and I shouldn't have. I would have went 5-0, and oh, completely botched that. So that's that's why I'm giving them out. I'm not going to change this week. Sticking to it. Um, total wager vision dollars, yeah, you got to pick up your game, man. I mean, I'm up $3,100 on the year. It's impressive, I know. I'm on a, I'm on a heater. Like I said, babies and arrogance over here. It's almost, it's, it's almost overwhelming how good it's been. Uh, but Cam's at a whole $100 up on the season with two bets pending. Um, so hopefully he, he hits a big this week and, uh, you know, catches up and makes this a real competition. Boomer, I, I got to say, I think you're more like Bitcoin. You're going to have these huge, you know, upward <laughs> swings. You're going to have these huge downward swings. It's a roller coaster ride. I'm like IBM. I'm slow and steady. I'm going to end the quarter in the black. So, yeah, once uh, once football gets over and we have to talk about just basketball, you will see me decline. I promise you that. Uh, I, I'm okay <laughs> at college basketball, but I'm nothing great. Uh, but, yeah, it declined. 
and it will happen. But right now, I, I think if you're listening to the show, um, for some reason we're big in the Philippines. It's really weird. It shows me a map of where people are listening. We have 30-some percent of our listeners in the Philippines, which blows my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, so people in the Philippines, whoever you are, thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate it. Shout don't out to the why, Philippines. But yeah. Holla, holla. Uh, so – Whatever, keep listening. I hope you're hitting your bookies in the Philippines and making money uh, from us idiots in America. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I don't really have anything else. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Maybe Paul will be back next week. I'm not sure. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'll get a hold of him. But like I said at the beginning of the show, the players crushed the bookies last week. Let's see that continue this week and have some fun this weekend. I agree. Uh, in the college football playoff, is starting to shape up. Can't wait to check it out, uh, but we'll we'll talk about it here in the future. And that's all I got. Thank you for listening to Wager Vision. Go check out more at prosportsextra.com. Like we said earlier, go check out me on Twitter, at Live with Boomer. Let us know if you're following or fading us. We, we would love to hear it. And he is Cameron Covers. And uh, we tweet out other stuff about games that we're watching. So if you want to be entertained a little bit, go ahead and do that. Peace.